0: Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, that hot rod farmer from New Jersey, from Cat Swamp Road. And it's great to be with you here today for the next half hour. And as you know, we get together every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern and then again on Sunday with an encore of the same episode at 6 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio Sirius XM channel 147. And if you ever want to go back and to, and listen to another episode, please go to my website, which is farmmachinerydigest.com and click on the tab FMD Radio, and the entire show, the entire Rural Radio Sirius XM Channel 147 experience will be there one week after it airs on Rural Radio. And I wanted to just uh, quickly tell you before we get into the content of today's show that I'm starting the contest again for the Hot Rod Farmer license plate. So just go to my website, fill out that form, and all you need to do is let me know where you listen from, you get into that contest, and you also give me a pin in my map all right, uh, so that I can identify. I have a map in my office with pins all over the country and getting some all over the world, too, all right? And uh, I believe that this show has listeners now in 50 countries and as a podcast, and my Idle Chatter show has listeners in 97 countries. So uh, I just... Just hopefully that uh, we hit 100 and then I could just stop bothering my 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 art director saying, change the numbers on the website. I'll just put 100 plus and be done. So I need to get 101 for that show. And then hopefully, God willing, we'll be able to do that. So... Um, and what I'm also starting is another contest with Fent. Fent is coming on board. We're going to be doing some episodes getting to know the Fent Rogator Sprayer, the Fent Ideal Combine, the Momentum Planter. To me, that's the sr 71 of Planters and that Fent Tractor line. So what they're doing is they're giving me four die-cast models, one of each of those, and we're going to have a contest. And so you're going to be, by filling that out and letting me know that Hot Rod form and the uh you're going to get into two contests right two for one special Raise bargain store here so two and we're going to be giving away those die cast models so there's going to be one of each four models and and they are beautiful models just as that equipment is beautiful and today what I'm going to do is I'm going to answer a letter that someone has written to me that had some questions and I'd like to get back into doing that if if we possibly can because i would do it as the main content of the show uh i i used to do that in the beginning and then i stopped and added the uh meet me in the farm shop because i had to control the time and some questions are longer and some were shorter and answer so please just reach out to me and i will answer your questions one way or another if it gets on the show or not so just sit sit pat as we go to the break and never forget agriculture runs on machinery, but what profits baby on reliability I've been talking about being an entrepreneur literally since I was 10. Sirius XM's
1: Business Radio, inspiration to help you achieve more in business. Be creative, be tenacious, be decisive. Just do it. From finding a work-life balance to motivational stories from entrepreneurs big and small. You learn something in the successes and a lot from the failures. It's always worth it. Business Radio, powered by the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, Sirius XM 132. It's the Ranch It Up Radio Show. Join me, Jeff Tigger Earhart, the boss lady, Rebecca Warner, a.k.a. Beck, and my crew as we give you some pre-bowl sale highlights. We've got sale reports from around the country and, of course, the latest news. Plus, Kirk wraps it all up with the numbers. It's all this Saturday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Just a little change-up right here. Rural Radio, Channel 147 on SiriusXM. This is Mark Offold with an American Agriculture History Minute brought to you by AgriLiquid. For a fast-acting foliar-applied potassium fertilizer, check out Capitalize from AgriLiquid with added benefits of calcium and sulfur. Learn more at AgriLiquid.com. What we consider modern farming in the U.S. began around the 18th century in what is generally referred to as the British Agricultural Revolution. There certainly was agricultural practices before that, but this time frame brought more advances in a short amount of time. Yields increased, and each farmer could handle more acres, and crop rotation was introduced. Animal husbandry also improved, better nutrition, calling, lower-quality herd bulls, and older females. Soon, farmers were producing more food than their families indeed needed, which expanded trade. That's all part of American agriculture history. I'm Mark Oppold.
0: Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. As I said in the opening segment, what we're going to do is I'm going to be uh, going over a letter that a listener had written to me and it is Mr Robert and I'm going to pronounce it friedrich friedrich i maybe put it together a little quicker friedrich and he is from new york state and the impetus for him contacting me he is a listener and he visits my website and i appreciate that and and in uh he, takes advantage of the proper way of the content there and he listened to one of my short shows now if you don't know what that is i do two short shows every week along with idle chatter and farm machinery digest radio one is called bushels and sense and that actually airs on rural radio sirius xm channel 147 throughout the day And there's 60 seconds, 62 second shows. They're supposed to be 60 seconds. I try to nail it because I'm a drag racer, right? You gotta nail that ET, a bracket racer. Anyway, or machinist, right? You gotta get that specification right. So there's 60 seconds. So that's bushels and cents. And you may have even heard that on Rural Radio. And then there is another one called the Hot Rod Farmer Minute. And that doesn't does not air currently on Rural Radio, but it is on my website and a host of different podcast sites. And a while back I did a, and that's what's, you know, that's what's really nice about podcasts, not just my podcast, anybody's podcast, is that you could go back in the archives and you could listen to things that were maybe a year ago, two years ago, last week, whatever, right? And at one particular point, uh, Mr. Friedrich listened to my hot rod Farmer minute that explained chordal action on a chain, so you may say, "What's well, called action We're going to get there in a minute. And it was the impetus for him to reach out to me and ask me some questions. And he took that time, thankfully, to ask me a couple of other questions about whether uh, about electrification of farm equipment. and well, I will get into that. But what I'm going to do is that I'm going to, and you know, keep in mind that you don't have to listen to those shows. I mean, I, I hope that you do, but to write me a letter, and we could hopefully include your letter on the show and make it an episode out of it all right so i'll read you his letter verbatim and he says hello mr Bohax. and i appreciate that but just call me ray a hot rod or something like that um mr Bohax was my dad and he passed away a long time ago all right so i just wanted to say i am a big fan of your channel i was wondering does the theory called chordal action apply to a chainsaw as well excellent question Also wondering, what is your opinion on the fuel-injected chainsaws like the Steel 500i? Also, do you see the future of power equipment slash farm equipment going electric? I hope not too soon because I don't think the working hours of use is there yet with the continuous power available. Happy New Year from a big fan of your channel in New York State. Well thank you very much, sir, for not only listening and reading this guy from Cat Swamp Road, but for also reaching out to me. So the first thing we're gonna address is his is I'm gonna call you Robert uh so i don't mess up your name which i'm famous for doing and i'm and he's asking me about chordal action of a chain on a chainsaw and it's an excellent question all right so you may be saying to yourself what is chordal action well let me explain it to you first and this refers to any chain so chain on a manure spreader, a chain on a motorcycle any chain chain on a piece of machinery chain that you have maybe driving uh a hay bale or what have you a combine right combine uh, combines got chains in it all right so what is cordal action so cordal action and i'm, I'm going to speak slowly so you could understand so you could gr- not understand grasp it Cordal action is the result of a chain transitioning from a flat state to being wrapped around a sprocket it is a pulsing motion of the chain in the direction of flow, the power flow, as well as a localized rising and lowering of the chain at the sprocket. An additional issue which involves cordal action is there will always be a gap between the transfer and the chain, allowing debris to become snagged. So the chain, with the chain right on the sprocket, you get debris snagged in there, right? Regardless of what it is, not just a chainsaw, and that's going to increase the cordal action. Keeping the chain tight, clean, and properly lubricated in every any application will decrease cordal movement and lengthen its life and that of the sprocket. So that is. Is the definition of cordal action. So cordal action is the moving of the chain up and down. And probably one of the best places to see this is when you're riding down the highway and you watch a motorcycle, right? And you see a motorcycle and a chain is moving moving up and down. So that's cordal action. So Robert's question to me was: Does a chainsaw Experience cordal action, the chain and a chainsaw, and that's a very excellent, excellent concept to explore. Now, mo- now, what's very unique about a chainsaw is that you have the bar, and the bar has the bar has a track in it. And the chain has has guides in it, so the bar and the and the so the the guides and the bar work together. Whereas if you have let's say a chain on a combine, you have the two sprockets. You may have some sort of idler or tensioner or something, or on a motorcycle you have the two sprockets or anything else with a chain drive, and you don't have that bar and that guide. So what actually is happening if you what what induces cordal action is that is the as the chain transitions from a flat surface to around the sprocket so why is a chainsaw so a little bit unique well the dynamics of cordal action are kind of negated by the design of the chain having the guide and the track for to, to ride in and having the chain tight enough so it stays in that guide Now, the other thing that's going to come into play is the distance from where the transition is from the chain going across the bar to the drive gear which is on the engine and then the nose gear which is on the but specifically on the engine that distance where the chain is not being guided is very minute it's very small whereas if you were to take let's say like a combine or we'll stick with a motorcycle because it's so it's so uh easy to visualize that and you look at a motorcycle there is a great distance between the rear sprocket and the transmission so the chordal action is, is accentuated there because of that distance. Now, to answer your question, uh, Robert, do I believe that there is chordal action on the chain of a chainsaw? And I would say yes, but it is masked, it is hidden by the tightness of the chain, and it is also, it is also hidden by the guides that ride in the bar so because that distance is not too great it can't it can't whip around too much but if you have if you run the chain too loose like a friend of mine he had um well not because it was a steel but he had a couple of big steel saws and whenever i had to cut a tree down i would call him he loved cutting trees down i'm to tell you the truth i'm afraid of trees i'll cut a tree that's down on the ground but you know, if there's a, a standing tree and it's it's more than fifteen feet, twenty feet high, eh, I don't want it. I like I said, I'm I'm not that experienced with, and I've known too many people who got hurt badly cutting trees down and uh, by themselves and not having somebody having a rope on it or what have you but he loves cutting big trees down so we don't cut a lot of trees here in the farm but when i need something i call him up all right and he likes to run a very loose chain on his saw because he wants to get a lot of rpm and so and we have to remember <clears throat> on any engine or any apparatus like that on any machine there's frictional losses so if you have a tighter chain where it's riding in the guide bar then you're going to drop off some rpm from the engine. So now what you know what is the rpm you're losing I can't tell you but I guess it's application specific but he likes to run a loose chain. Now the thing is that to it to you know to to robert's question about the chordal action if you have a very loose chain because of gravity the chain and the chainsaw is going to drop down away from the guide all right and on the bottom it's on the top it's going to lay in in the guide through gravity so if you have if you're not cutting anything you're just holding the chain the chainsaw up and you're revving it up that chain is gonna you're gonna see chordal action there because the chain is dangling out of the track and it's going to become more apparent. Is it truly cordal action the way you would see in a combine or you would see on a uh, motorcycle or any other chain-driven or a machine, let's say, in a printing plant or a, a, some other type of industrial machine? Probably not to that extent because the chain is still being guided in the bar up on the top but and and so but it would it would flop around and i guess you can qualify that as a chordal action now when you go to cut the log unless you're cutting from the bottom up if you're cutting from the top down even though that chain is loose you're pushing that chain back into that guide bar but now that looseness you're separate you're trying to transfer it to the top of the top of the bar right because you're pushing the chain back in and it's still it's still loose so to answer your question there is some chordal action from my analysis in a chainsaw chain it, but it in the medical field they use the word presents but it presents differently than you would see on a chain dr- where on a chain driven piece of equipment where the drive sprocket and the driven sprocket are much further apart so so hopefully that gives you some clarity to that but you are know, like everything in life it's lots of times it's not a one-to-one situation and the dynamics that the chain that the bar has a a track and that the chain itself has guides on it makes it a little bit different all right now the next question he has i'll repeat it uh what is my opinion on the on a fuel injected chainsaw like the steel 500i and I personally have never used a steel five hundred I, and I think I saw one once, but I know it exists, and there may be some other chainsaws. And this is this has nothing to do with the steel corporation. I have a bunch of steel equipment, but to me, I think it's an overuse of technology and complication. Uh, we have the chainsaws; the small equipment works wonderfully with carburetors we got that nailed down i mean carburetors i love carburetors all right and the thing is that works wonderfully and yes i think it's an engineering marvel that they were able to get everything you know like building a ship in a bottle and get this get a fuel injection unit onto this little well it's, it's a pretty good size chainsaw but still compared to a car engine right or even a or even a lawn tractor engine it's quite small uh and you know an engineering we have an acronym called KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. Now, keep in mind that, and I'm using the 500i steel as an example, that keep in mind that if you have an electronically fuel-injected engine, you need an ECU, you need to create voltage, so that magneto magneto needs to create voltage, you need to have an injector, all of these dynamics, and you need to also have input that will make it... have the proper fueling decision and then the ecu itself the control unit the module whatever they want to call it has to have some sort of calculation It or what they probably in a simplistic case like that it probably just has a lookup table and but it has to have these sensor inputs rpm so so i look at it this way is that i think it's an engineering marvel i see zero benefit to it over a carburetor i see negatives as far as its complexity is concerned and even with that 500i as i understand it you have to still prime it with a prime button because you have to because it's not making electricity to fire the injector when you're pulling the rope to start it so it needs the ecu needs to be powered up and the injector needs to be fired electrically so it's usually they supply voltage to it an electronic injector no matter what it's on and they pulse the ground circuit so I think it's a nice engineering exercise. I think it's bragging rights. Does it have any intrinsic value? I personally, unless Steele says, wants to reach out to me and tell me otherwise, I think it's an overcomplication and a lot of things to go wrong and a lot of dynamics to go wrong for something that's like a chainsaw that there's no inherent advantage to it whatsoever. And you know, in engineering, uh, simplicity is also beautiful and good engineering so like i say so i'm i'm me i would not buy one i you know kudos to the engineers who got it to work kudos who designed it but that's wonderful but i would not buy one because it's too complicated too many things to go wrong if A tree is down on the farm you want to cut the tree you don't want to make love to it so that's basically what my thoughts are on that and you know then again like i said this is your show it's everybody's show It's listeners. it's not my show i just happened to have the microphone if you feel differently or you're running a five steel 500 I on your operation and you know then reach out to me at hot rod farmer and Take a shotgun and blow a hole in what I think, but to me, too complicated, too complicated for nothing. You know, it's an engineering exercise. It's bragging rights, and to me, that's all it is. Now, uh, Robert's final question is: Do I think that there's a, a future for power equipment, farm, uh, farm equipment, and power equipment, meaning like construction equipment going electric? Uh, I personally, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna defer back to the chainsaw. You know, in engineering we call that polar tricks, and and I'm not saying it's really a polar trick, but the fact of the matter is, you're just because you could get something to work, just because you could you could design it and bring it to market, it doesn't mean it's a good application. I think the chains, the fuel injected chains, was the same thing. There are way, way, way too many complications. With we don't have the grid to supply electricity uh, for everything going electrified. All right. There's a lot of complications there. There's a lot of other things. And I think this may even be the catalyst for me to do a complete show on why I think electrification of vehicles and farm equipment and machinery is, is, is nowhere. Yes, electric motor makes a lot of torque. Uh, if you want to electrify, I think we need to look at the at the locomotive industry where you have a small diesel engine that the locomotive does, and that runs a generator, and then you use electric motors to, to operate the piece of farm equipment, the combine, the tractor. You have a lot more torque that way, but I don't think anybody's lacking for torque. Then again, I just think, I personally think that it's it's. Uh, Other than bragging rights of saying we did this and maybe they'll cross over and use that for something else. But I can't see how it's going to be practical for a farmer uh, unless he has very small acreage or a piece of construction equipment to be electrified. I think it's going to be a nightmare. And, uh, and I want to thank you for those questions, Robert. And uh, if I didn't answer them or answer them to anybody else's level that they want, please reach out to me. But that's why I love communication, because now I think I am going to consider doing a complete show on Farm Machinery Digest Radio about the story of electrification that nobody is telling you.
1: RFD TV covers the issues that are relevant to your rural lifestyle. And U.S. producers trust RFD TV more than any other news source. Well, the Food and Drug Administration, which oversees 80% of the nation's food supply, is set to announce new reforms and leadership roles. TIMELY, UNBIASED INFORMATION TO HELP YOU TEND TO YOUR FIELDS AND FAMILIES WHILE KEEPING UP WITH POLICY CHANGES IN D.C. Well, LEADERS ON THE SENATE AGRICULTURE COMMITTEE ARE CALLING FOR ANOTHER DISPUTE PANEL OVER CANADA'S tariff RATE QUOTAS LONG RANGE WEATHER FORECAST TO HELP YOU PLAN AHEAD AND WE'RE GOING TO HAVE ANOTHER SYSTEM ACTUALLY COMING INTO CALIFORNIA FROM THE PACIFIC AND WE'RE ALSO THE NUMBER ONE SOURCE FOR MARKET AND COMMODITIES INFORMATION AS IT HAPPENS. THIS IS a, A SQUIRRELY DAY, I KNOW THAT'S A HIGHLY TECHNICAL TERM but I'll just call it squirrely in the commodity markets. Catch Market Day Report and the Rural Evening News, weekdays on RFD-TV and Rural Radio, Sirius XM Channel 147. This Iowa Minute is brought to you by the Iowa Farm Bureau. These rocks will help stop erosion along the Raccoon River at this urban park. It's a conservation practice. But there are things like this and a lot more going on in rural Iowa. Jared Weber's family has been farming in southeastern Iowa since 1905. He won the Conservation Farmer of the Year award for all that he does today. A handful of things that we do, terraces, waterways. Cover crops another one we've been playing with. Uh, We do no-tilling, we do some strip-tilling, we do some conventional tillage. Uh, It keeps our dirt on the hills. Of course, some years are harder than others. We're on our third planting of beans. You're going out and cover crop that's this high. Uh, thank goodness for autos here. But innovation in ag helps farmers keep building that conservation success. I'm just excited about trying some new stuff, and any conservation is good conservation. I mean, if you keep that dirt where it's supposed to be, then you got it there to farm, and I think that's important. To learn more about practices farmers are using to improve watersheds across the state, check out conservationcountsiowa.com.
0: All welcome back to the show. And if you have, I just want to touch on a couple of things about the Cordial Action before you meet me in the farm shop, right? We're going to be talking about door drains today. It's boring, Hot Rod. It's not boring if your doors rust out on your truck, your car, your combine, your sprayer, your tractor. That's not that's not Mickey Mouse, all right. That's very very expensive, and it's uh, and it, it is a problem. But keep in mind that you need to keep. I'm going to move away from chainsaws, which the question was about. But you need to keep the chordal action of any chain at a minimum because that chordal action, that movement up and down is not only going to wear the chain prematurely, but it's going to wear the sprocket prematurely so it's very important to have those chains tightened properly not overly tight so the chain has no movement but you don't want that caudal action swinging back and forth like a like a tree in a windstorm you don't want that that's going to be a problem and keep in mind also that you are losing power from the driven sprocket to the drive sprocket all right or excuse me from the drive sprocket to the driven sprocket because that action actually consumes power so it, people don't think about that but it actually does so what we're going to do now is going to go to Tex from Ripsaw Records and he's going to meet us in the farm shop come on in Tex buddy right Tex, thank you so much. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. And you know, and Tex knows about the chordal action, right? It's not really chordal action, but you gotta keep that guitar strings tuned properly. And I know I have a couple or at least one listener that's in the piano business, and you gotta keep those those everything tuned up properly. You have the right tension. So chordal it's not chordal action in the sense of a chain, but it is just as important. So all right, you're gonna meet me in the farm shop. We're gonna talk about door drains, as I said on older vehicles of farm equipment with doors keep in mind that there are small drain holes at the bottom they are used to allow water to escape that passed by the door glass it is common for these drains over time to get plugged with debris and for the door to collect water this causes the door to rust from the inside out and attacks and attacks the window mechanism and door locks the moisture also impacts any electrical device such as a power window motor or electric door lock components. If the drain if the drain plugs suddenly the door will fill up with water. The most detrimental condition though is when there is enough of a blockage to keep things just damp. And that's always what the problem is. You gotta be able to keep your eyes in, on everything on your equipment because you remember as my tagline for this is Is always, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. And if you could avoid spending money on something that, that was an unnecessary failure, or unnecessary repair, you are going to be more profitable. I want you to put that money into making your operation more profitable, not fixing something that did not really need to be fixed. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I want you to know that the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher and my beloved, beloved America. You have a blessed day, and I will catch you next week and hopefully at the National Farm Machinery Show in, in Kentucky. Welcome to Bushels and Cents from Farm Machinery Digest Radio, heard exclusively on SiriusXM Channel 147 Rural Radio. I am your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from New Jersey. Both portable and standby generators need to be exercised to keep the engine in proper working order, but most are not also checking the electrical generating side. Invest in a meter that monitors voltage and frequency to confirm the output of the power head on a portable unit. Always run an electrical load of some consequence during exercise. If you have a standby unit, speak to the manufacturer to see how the voltage and frequency can be easily confirmed each time the system runs. If the engine runs but the voltage or frequency is wrong, that is like having a spare tire with no air. And never forget, it is not what you make but what you keep that counts. Agriculture runs on machinery, profits on reliability. Visit FarmMachineryDigest.com where steel and soil meet.
1: If you're like me, it's all about the great outdoors. Hunting, fishing, camping, hiking, biking, cooking, campfires.
0: I love it. This is Beck, your host of the Bend Radio Show. Join me every week as we get the latest outdoor news and updates. We have hacks and gadgets. Plus, hear the stories from the backcountry that empowers all of us. Catch Beck if you can every Saturday at 1 p.m.
1: Eastern Time right here. Royal Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Hi, I'm Mike Pearson, host of AOA, heard Monday through Friday right here on Rural Radio from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Each day, we'll talk to those making the news in markets, ag policy, trade, and rural health care. And you'll hear from the ag and political leaders about the pressing issues of the day and what they might mean for the future of agriculture. So join me here on Rural Radio from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern Time for AOA.